BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Hey, it's Wilfred O. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, Ryan. You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum sunflower seeds. I I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Chew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Well, things got even uglier over the weekend for law enforcement. Things also got uglier over the weekend for two of our most important industries. And finally, an absurd video from our production staff. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right.
Have you ever heard of Reserve Police Battalion 101? I'm not going to go into all the details of it because it's really dark and this is television and we got enough bad news out there. We don't have to go into all the dark stuff, but allow me to just explain briefly for a moment. They were from Germany, 1940s. As you can imagine, they were a reserve battalion. These are not frontline elite troops. They also weren't card-carrying Nazis. I mean, I'm sure there were some anti-Semitism in there because it was so prevalent back in the day, but they were just relatively normal guys. Their job was to keep the peace in places that have already been conquered. These are not anybody. They were late 30s guys, like yours truly. Wife, kids, normal family dudes. They went out one day, they were sent out to a small village, and they were ordered, having never done anything like this before and never even considered that it would be part of their job, they were ordered to execute a whole bunch of Jews. And again, that's where I'm going to stop on the details. Long story short, they did it that day. They had a very hard time doing it that day, but they did it. Then they went on and did it again. And then they did it again. And then they did it again and again and again and again. And by the time the war was over, these ordinary men, that's actually the title of a book about it. I highly recommend you read. I think we're going to get the author on the show if we can. The book is titled Ordinary Men, and these ordinary men killed over 80,000 Jews in Poland in World War II. That is one story of a million that I could tell you about atrocities that have taken place throughout the history of mankind and atrocities committed by cops in the military. Now, I obviously don't have to explain to you how pro-military I am. That's my background, Marine Corps. I don't have to explain to you how pro-cop I am. That's who I am. I admire the people who, who wade through the muck all day long. They deal with the bottom 10% of society all day long to keep you and me safe. And I love the fact that 90, 95% of them are genuinely salt-of-the-earth human beings. But let's set aside this absurd notion that we on the right constantly adhere to that is not true at all, has never been true, and history proves it to be 100% false. And that notion is this. You hear this all the time when the left is trying to pass some new gun-grabbing thing. What do you hear conservatives say all the time? Cops will never enforce it. What are they going to do, send in the military? The military would never enforce it. Yes, they would. Yes, they would. It is human nature, especially in a position like that, to follow orders. That Reserve Police Battalion 101 had 500 men in it. They actually asked the men before they made them do the first thing if anybody wanted to bow out. Told them, if you want out, you can get out now. You don't have to go do these horrible things. You know how many of the 500 bowed out with complete freedom to do so? Twelve. Yes, they will. They will, by their very nature, enforce the laws they're told to enforce. So what I'm about to go over is not necessarily an indictment of law enforcement. It's more an indictment on our absurd politicians, and it's more an indictment on you and I for the naive notions we have about what people will and will not do. If you are in uniform and you're carrying around a weapon and it is your job to enforce the rules, even if you don't like them, the history of the world says you're going to enforce, you're going to enforce the rules. I know that makes you uncomfortable, but I'm right. The Laredo Police Department, let me tell you what, they are not going to let any of this 
disastrous street crime go unpunished, not while they're on the job. You see, this weekend, you know what? Let me give you a quick quote, and then I'll give you the story. Quote, both of the violators, oh, I'll get to who these violators were in a second, independently solicited customers via social media. Ooh, that sounds scary, right? On both cases, an undercover officer worked on COVID-19 task force enforcement detail, made contact with each solicitor to set up an appointment for a cosmetic beauty service that is prohibited under the emergency ordinance on my freaking life. I cannot make this up. The Laredo Police Department sent in undercover officers on a sting operation to arrest and did arrest two women who were doing beauty services out of their home to make money to pay bills. That is where we are right now in the United States of American America. And that is what we're forcing our law enforcement to enforce. And you know what? They're doing it. These aren't guys just out, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, could you guys separate and get a little social distancing? The boss is breathing down my neck. They're setting up sting operations. They're going in undercover for some lady painting some lady's nails in her house. This is hurting us as a nation. It is hurting our public institutions. It's hurting the public's relationship with police departments. It's everywhere. They arrested three people. Look at this. They arrested three people this week for being on the beach. Oh, yes, that's right. In light of all these recent events about how sunlight will kill the virus, sunlight's the best thing for you. Sunlight and fresh air. By the way, quick side note, they learned that during the Spanish flu uh, and basically during every other epidemic that sunlight is actually outstanding for you. Well, take a look at this. These are people on the beach being placed in handcuffs go. for being Let on the beach. Him go. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. That's where we're at. That is in the United States of America. This stopped being about keeping people healthy about five and a half seconds after the coronavirus came out. And this started being all about power. I'll tell you something else, just as a quick side note. You know the Department of Health and Human Services in our government? You know, a bunch of doctors, health recommendations and such. Do you know they currently are on a joint task force with the Federal Bureau of Investigation? And that joint task force raided a spa in the United States of America, right here, raided a spa that was giving people vitamin C injections? No, no, no. In case you were wondering, there's nothing illegal about vitamin C injections. The new thing out there now is you go get an IV. If you're hungover, you have one too many the night before they give you an IV. If you're trying to lose weight, they give you an IV. They have all these different little little cocktails or whatever, whatever they can in, they can plug into your veins. Vitamin C, I, I know this may be shocking, is good for you. It's widely known to be healthy for your immune system. So people who are worried about getting sick. We're taking some vitamin C. Is it not a good thing to strengthen your immune system? The FBI raided the place as if they were selling heroin out the back door. I had to read the story three times to make sure that I was reading it right. This is not right. 
but it should be a lesson to you. And let this be a lesson to you that you're not going to want to hear. But again, this is not your mommy's show. This is my show. And it's not my job to tell you things you want to hear. There's nobody in the world who's going to safeguard your liberty. You either take responsibility for your own liberty or you're at someone else's mercy. Because the people in charge of you, the people with authority over you, will sell you and your liberty down the river in a heartbeat if they're ordered to do so. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, you know what makes me uncomfortable? Not sleeping at night. There's no worse feeling, and I know you know what I'm talking about. You lay down, and your mind just starts going a mile a minute. And people have all these ridiculous solutions for it. Oh, I'm just going to take a whole bunch of pills. Oh, what I need is a special blankie. No. What you need to do is figure out a way to soothe this area. Oh, I have that way. It's called ebb sleep. Ebb sleep, it's not pills. It's not even a contraption you put in your mouth. Ebb sleep is uh, something you wear on your head, and it provides continuous cooling to your forehead area, which gets you to sleep faster, keeps you asleep longer. You want to talk about waking up feeling refreshed? Trust me on this. Now, I'm about to save you money. I know money's tight right now, is it not? Think times are uncertain, the future's uncertain. So if you go to tryeb.com, that's tryebb.com slash jesse, tryeb.com slash jesse, and you use the promo code jesse, you get $25 off. tryeb.com slash jesse, promo code jesse. There, I just made your night sleep better, and I saved you some money. All right, we got a great show. Hang on. It's time to talk about supply chains. Do not roll your eyes. Do not lay back and go to sleep. Do not change the channel. We have to just talk briefly about what these are. And understand this. We're dealing with an entire economy. So there are a million and one of these. But just know, for instance, a restaurant. If a restaurant exists, then a restaurant is constantly buying certain things. The silverware is pretty much in place. The plates are in place. But napkins, they're always buying napkins. They're going to need a certain amount of napkins or paper towels. They're always going to buy those things. And therefore, the industry itself, the place they buy them from, is always going to produce this many paper towels. This many paper towels has to go to Bob's Mexican joint. We know that. So we'll always produce that many paper towels. Steaks. Bob's Mexican joint does a great steak fajita. And they're always buying X number of steaks every month, 50 steaks every single month. So this cow slaughterhouse is always going to set aside 50 steaks every month for Bob's Mexican joint. That's just part of the supply chain. And when they buy cows uh, from the slaughterhouse, when they're out there shopping for cows, they're always going to know, well, we're going to need at least two extra cows because you know Bob's Mexican joint's going to get 50. That's a very, very basic, very, very brief window and how a supply chain works. Essentially, every business out there, it accounts for a lot of the supply chain going on. So what do you think actually happens with oil? Maybe you've heard of oil. It's kind of like a big part of our economy. What do you think happens with oil when people stop driving? Do you understand how many things you make that are made with oil, or how many things you use that are made with oil? It's a lot. And I mean, it's a lot. And now we have an issue. 
the oil industry cannot go under. We can't afford to have the oil industry go under. At the same time, we cannot afford to write any more taxpayer checks to industries out there, nor should we ever. The problem is when you tell a nation to stop driving, when you tell a nation to go home and hide under their bed at a time when oil was already down because of the sods and because of the Russians, well, now it goes from a problem to being a disaster. And these state and local governments, how long have you heard me rant about the fact these state and local governments are going to have their budgets absolutely blown up? Well, it's happening right now. You see them already clamoring to Congress, help us bail out our pensions. We need some money here. We need extra money there. Oh, and get ready as a quick side note. Go ahead and record this, Mr. Producer. As a quick side note, they're going to make all these state bailouts all about police and fire. You watch. Because nobody likes to, I mean, Illinois was stupid, but that's Illinois. Nobody likes to jump out there right away. I mean, it's just the most, one of the most corrupt states in the union. So, of course, they were going to be too honest about the fact that, hey, we need some more money for our pension. Our state pension needs money, which is the dumbest thing ever. They're not going to be that dumb for very long. Before you know it, each one of these states begging for a bailout, they're going to make it about police and fire. We need money. If you don't give us money, you're anti-cop. You are anti-firefighter, and you're anti-teacher, too. You watch, write it down, I guarantee you it's about to happen. But it's going to be GOP governors, too. You see, GOP governors have budgets, too. And let's be honest, GOP governors, even the good ones, they've made promises, too. And even the good GOP governors, they don't like to do budget cuts, do they? Everybody likes to spend, baby. Spend, spend, spend. I mean, yeah, I won't spend as much as the Democrat, but we gotta gotta shell it out there. And you gotta make sure your big industries stay in business. Well, that's gonna be a major problem for the taxpayer who was $23 trillion in debt before this whole fiasco. And since then, what have we done? Printing machine, baby, trillions out the door, just chucking it in the fireplace. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt had a letter to Trump about corona and what he would like to see and why. I'll explain in a second. Quote, overproduction of oil continues to threaten the economy, posing many potential environmental threats to Oklahoma and other producing states with no demand and rapidly diminishing storage capacity. This could lead to difficult decisions for producers regarding where to position these hydrocarbons with no place to store them and no one to buy them. We are asking your administration to declare the COVID-19 pandemic a force majeure or act of God for the narrow purpose of protecting these producers from actions to cancel leases held by production as a result of production stoppage. You know what? I need to play for you this one little video first, and I'm going to explain to you what he's really saying there amongst all that force majeure talk. Here's this. You think about shutting down one well, you've in essence shut down and have impacted your service companies, your supply companies. You, you have impacted so many fam families by shutting down. Yeah, that's true. That's a big deal. but. Really, that's what all this force majeure stuff is. You see, an oil well, here's how it works. When you tap one, you can't stop it. Oil isn't one of those, let's just turn off the pump because prices are down. Once you tap it, it's coming, baby. It's coming all the way. And so you do have to store it someplace. And I'm not going to act like it doesn't mean anything to store it someplace. But here's what this is. 
all these governors now, every single one of them, Republican and Democrat, are going to try to find new and inventive ways where they can use the law, maybe use taxpayer funds to bail out their own states because their own states are drowning. And the truth of the matter is this, and nobody wants to hear this, and it's not popular to run on this, but the truth is this. If you lock down your state, if you allowed your state to be destroyed, that's not the federal taxpayer's job. Now, I'm not blaming the Oklahoma governor. From what I understand, he's an outstanding governor. I'm not trying to single, single him out in any way. But that's the truth. We cannot start bailing out states. We cannot start singling out whole industries to bail out. We can't, especially not the oil industry that will come back. I'm as pro-oil as they get. I'm not one of these environmentalists. I don't believe in climate change. Drill, baby, drill. Put a drill everywhere for all I care. But don't write them a taxpayer-funded check as soon as things get bad. No, you were there for the good times. You weather it through the bad times. I don't want any more federal government, quote, help. President disagrees. Quote, we will never let the great U.S. oil and gas industry down. I have instructed the Secretary of Energy and the Secretary of Treasury, Treasury to formulate a plan which will make funds available so that these very important companies and jobs will be secured long in the future. I will make funds available. What funds? What? I'm not trying to be facetious. What money are we talking about here? Are we pretending that we still have money? Because as of right now, we're on pace for a $3.7 trillion deficit this year alone. We really really need to stop conducting ourselves as if, as if there's just some gigantic ATM machine. We can go pull out a new billion anytime we want. A debt crisis, hyperinflation, brings a new world of pain that you don't even want to imagine. And here's something else for you to imagine, as long as we're doing a nice sunny show right now. Food. Remember those steaks from Bob's Mexican joint we were talking about in the beginning? What isn't open right now? Bars, restaurants. I know what you're saying. Restaurants are doing pickup people. Understand this. Let me explain. Restaurants run on 5 to 10% profit in general. Most restaurant owners I know, and I know a lot, and I know guys who own multiple franchises of restaurants, most of them will bank on things like the restaurant being at capacity for the majority of a Friday and Saturday night in order for them to make any money at all. Just because your restaurant happens to be functioning with a new to-go order system, they are dying. And they're going out of business really, really quickly. All these fancy new to-go order accommodations you're seeing, that's just a restaurant trying to keep its head above water until they can open up the doors again. Don't kid yourself. These restaurants are not making money right now. They're being wiped out because people aren't buying enough food, because people don't have money, because they can't go to a restaurant and sit down and eat. And if Bob's Mexican joint, they were ordering 50 pounds of steak, now they're ordering five pounds of steak, and you travel that steak down the supply line, well, you've got yourself a real problem. Oh, and did I mention the workers who are in these industries, who were at a meat packing place? Workers are starting to look around, the ones who've watched most of the country get laid off and they've been deemed essential, so they go, and now they're looking around and saying, well, wait a minute. Why am I the only one at risk of dying? 
Are you starting to see the danger that comes with telling the public they can leave their home and risk dying or stay home and be safe? Oh, we're not finished with it yet. The Smithy, uh, Smith, uh, Smithfield producer, Smithfield Foods, I believe their number one producer of pork in the country, said this, quote, During this pandemic, our entire industry is faced with an impossible choice. Continue to operate to sustain our nation's food supply or shutter in an attempt to insulate our employees from risk. It's an awful choice. It's not one we wish on anyone. There's going to be a lot more of that. The Tyson Foods guy came out today, publicly said we were about to have a major, major supply chain problem. You never, ever, 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 ever shut down a $20 trillion economy for any reason. And I know a lot of you have been yelling at me about that. A lot of you have agreed. You want to know why? Oh, it's, it's actually more than just 30 million Americans out of work, which we have right now. You're about to find out why. We didn't pause it. We slammed our economy into a mountain. And now we're going to feel the pain. Omega XL, let me tell you about it. There isn't a vaccine for coronavirus. There isn't a, a medicine that can make it all go away. And you know what? Coronavirus isn't the only disease out there. They're all over the place. They always have been. They always will be. And what are you going to do? going to put it on a little bubble every time you leave your home? You're going to hide inside the whole time? No, you can't do that. You need to do whatever you can do to strengthen your own immune system because, as always, that is the best defense against getting sick, your own immune system, which is why I take Omega XL. It is an all-natural anti-inflammatory supplement designed to aid your immune system, your own. It's not drugs. It's not a bubble. It's not hiding under your bed. It's a natural supplement to make sure your immune system is strong enough to fight off whatever it faces. Go to OmegaXL.com slash Jesse, and you'll actually get a second bottle free with your first order. OmegaXL.com slash Jesse. You get a free bottle anyway. Stop stressing about it. Start making your immune system safe. All right. We got more show for you. Hang on. Joining me now, familiar face on this show, which we all love, contributor to the first and columnist with the Washington Examiner, Tiana Lowe. Tiana, before we get to the supply chain issue, which we really need your expertise on because you're one of those e e uh, economists, smart people, I'm worried about America's relationship with law enforcement. And I realize this is not an indictment on all cops. 90, 95% are out there doing the right job. But with these terrible videos coming out, we're busting women for painting somebody's nails in the house. We're arresting people on the beach. We're arresting cops for playing softball in the park with their daughters. You can talk about lawful orders all you want. This makes law enforcement look terrible. It makes them look like a bunch of yes men. Well, yes. I mean, I think a lot of us, if you look at the statistics, you already have 70% of, of the population, sometimes more, reporting that they are fine with socially distancing. The insanity is when you have public parks, people spread about 10 foot, 15 feet radiuses between families by themselves. You know, there are these instances of, of, of couples being kicked off of their own chairs that they bring into parks because technically, if you sit in a chair, it's permanent, but if you're just sitting on the grass in a park, it's not permanent. People are just understanding that it is very hard to legislate social distancing. It is very hard to enforce 
what is correct. The idea behind it and the reason why Dr. Fauci went on such a public campaign was that it was supposed to be about individual accountability. But I think people are now understanding the logical endpoint of a law is law enforcement. That is what it is there for. And hopefully this makes us think twice about what laws we, we pass next. Shouldn't we have all seen this coming? I mean, it's, I honestly, I'm not that shocked by it, but what has shocked me most has been the support for measures like this, honestly, from a lot of people on the right, even ones who don't necessarily maybe support uh, a cop kicking somebody out of a public park. At the very beginning, they were all about lock down this and enforce this. And I was trying to warn everybody, uh, you know how this story ends, right? Why are we surprised that people abuse their authority and follow orders to do horrible things when that is the history of the world? And also, it makes no sense because you have a place like New York where obviously they are using law enforcement to maintain social distancing, but they also leave the subways open. And you've already seen the huge correlative effects of the spread of COVID and the subway system. You know, this is one of those instances where I may dislike lots of things that Trump does. I am glad that the person who is president right now doesn't see every single crisis as an opportunity to wield the power of the state against the individual. I mean, that's the one thing where I, I really do think, just as Wesson has Trump just has to shut up and let the message and the news do the work for him. The fact that he is not insisting on draconian measures is a good thing. He doesn't need to yell at journalists about it. It can just happen. Tiana, we have a serious oil problem, and that's that we have too much of it, which sounds like a great problem, except it's worth virtually nothing and nobody's driving. And I really feel like the public does not understand what a significant problem that's about to be. Why don't you try to explain it to them in a smart person way, which means a way that I cannot. So there are a confluence of a number of issues here. Obviously, the underlying cause between the collapse of oil futures right now is because of the coronavirus. But what really expedited it was Saudi Arabia and Russia's race to the bottom. So Saudi Arabia has sort of enlisted Russia, not as a formal member of OPEC, but they have for the last few years been able to get Russia to agree to production caps, which artificially keeps prices higher. In this latest production cap extension, Russia rejected the offer. And then as a result, both Russia and Saudi were ramping up their oil production. So you had a really unprecedented amount of oil being produced in the Middle East, and they were specifically trying to target American markets. And so then who ultimately got hurt the worst in the immediate aftermath? In the immediate aftermath, you, you see uh, Texas International. Basically, you have a stockpile of oil and no refineries with space to take it, thus plunging futures into the negatives. It's already rebounding, and it won't stay negative because oil obviously has a baseline value. It's like a precious metal in the sense it will never actually be worth zero, even if you cannot find a refinery right now to take it. But yeah, this is a big, huge problem. You know, in the long run, yes, I believe in climate change. And yes, I think eventually nuclear and renewables will wind up replacing oil, but you do not want to see an entire industry that employs hundreds of thousands of people wiped out overnight. And Democratic lawmakers gloating over this, not only does it show they don't understand the economy, because when oil prices plummet to near zero, this only incentivizes the use of oil and disincentivizes green energy, but you're also talking about actual households no longer having income. It's just despicable. 
Tyson Foods, everybody knows Tyson Foods, put out quite a bold statement today, a statement you don't normally see. You don't see corporate America in any way, shape, or form anymore put out bold statements at all. They're all milk toast. It's all nice and fluffy and this and that. They put out a statement today warning America about a supply ch uh, chain shortage we're about to have when it comes to meats. And Tiana, it was it was ugly. I don't think people understand why we have this supply chain problem and what's potentially coming. Yeah, and so everyone laughed about the whole toilet paper shortage thing. Food works in a similar way. There is distribution directly through grocery stores to consumers, and then there are wholesale retailers. That their entire production strategy is to supply restaurants. Right now, we're having the complete breakdown of the restaurant supply chain. People are trying to hoard food that works better frozen or works better canned. And as a result, it's a completely artificial thing. But, you know, the supply and demand models, they had this great distribution scheme going on. And then from the top down, based on government orders, we have forcibly ripped apart that model. So now the inputs are all different. And as a result, you're going to have vast shortages of something and overproduction of other things. How does that problem work itself out and how long does it take to work itself out? Surely no problem lasts forever, but are we talking, well, a couple weeks, we'll get it figured out, a year, 10 years? How long does it take to work this stuff out once the pain hits, which we haven't even got to yet? So this is why my advice has been, if you can afford it, try and buy your groceries from restaurants that are selling groceries because you want to keep the demand on the restaurant supply chain high because that's not only what will keep restaurants in business, but that will prevent shortages in the future. So the issue really, now we're just, it's just a race against time. The faster we can reopen at least portions of the economies. If you and I still have to work from home and if you and I still have to socially distance, that's one thing. We can't tell hundreds of thousands and millions of factory workers and of people who require in-face contact with their work to stay home. So the faster you can get those people back on supply chains, those people back in their client-oriented jobs, the faster and the more hope we can have of salvaging this. But right now we have, we had an initial supply shock and as a result now we're having this catastrophic demand shock. How do we pump both back up, get back to work? That's, that will be the only solution. Tiana Lowe of The First and Washington Examiner, thank you so much. Thanks, Jesse. Not everybody's bummed out about what we're facing right now. Chuck Todd's positively thrilled. Hang on, I'll show you. This is about to sound like I'm being mean to Chuck Todd, which of course I am being mean to Chuck Todd. I don't really care for Chuck Todd, but that's another matter. This is about more than just Chuck Todd because I've seen more than one person in the media and on the left echo these exact same words throughout this entire process. And as much as I would normally be against trying to help these people out, allow me to offer a word of caution. People are dying. People are having their livelihoods completely wiped out. We're seeing suicides go through the roof. We have reports all over the place. I have friends in law enforcement and emergency response all over the country. We have reports everywhere about violent crimes going up, child abuse, spousal abuse. We are entering a rough time, to say the least. I don't care about your sick, anti-human agenda. Keep those opinions to yourself for now. In case you're wondering what I'm talking about, 
Here's Chuck Todd as he surveys the land. Here's what he sees. It's next. And as we go to break, if there's a good thing about this economic crisis, it's been the clean air and views we haven't seen for a long time. Take a look. Are these people absolutely out of their minds? Are they absolutely out of their minds? I have long said that climate change, that religion, has got to be the most anti-human religion ever to exist. And they just, they cannot help themselves. In what world, if you're on the production staff or if you're Chuck Todd himself, do you think the widespread devastation right now that we have is an opportunity for you to get up and run a slideshow about how pretty New Delhi looks at this point. Are you absolutely out of your minds? It's one thing to despise people and view people as some kind of virus on the planet, which is frankly, that's how climate change people view it. They view you and I as being a plague on the earth and the fewer of us are, that are here, the better off we're gonna be. Why do you think every single climate change agenda item, why do you think all of it involves making you poorer? Do you think that's an accident? Oh, it's not an accident. They want you gone. It's embarrassing. And for that to happen on a major news organization is beyond embarrassing. Chuck Todd should do better. All of you do better. It's one thing to hate human beings. It's another thing to advertise that on your television show. Freaking disgusting. Disgusting. All right, we've had enough disgusting talk. Let us go to, well, let's just say a video I didn't choose. Hang on a sec. I'm worried about China, and I want to talk to my next guest about the specifics of what I'm worried about. Retired Lieutenant Colonel James Carafano, the Vice President of National Security and Foreign Policy of the Heritage Foundation. Colonel... I hear a lot of tough talk about China, about what we're going to do here, what we're going to do there. We're going to stop this and we're never going to deal with China again. And China's on the outs. And boy, do I have about zero faith that America and the rest of the world is going to actually go through with that. Am I wrong? I, I think you're wrong, but I also think you're right. Look, what we're not uh, okay. going to do is we're not going to do something radically different. It's like we're just going to stop dealing with That's not going to happen because... Look at what we're facing. We've got to get the American economy back up and running, and we have to deal with China, and we have to deal with both. So the reality is, is look, the number one priority now is to get the American economy moving, get people back to work. Right? We're going to have to fix the cars that's going down the street. I do think there are things we can do to change our relationship with China. Recently did a piece on Fox News. <laughs> Fox News, and I, I outlined like three of them, big things. One is transparency. This is a, something we really haven't done before. If we bring more transparency to what China's doing, both domestically and foreign policy, the corruption, the human slavery, all this other stuff, stuff we really ignored or didn't know, the more transparency we bring, the more people are going to want to, and, and I think we'll be forced to because the marketplace will want to, to make better decisions about dealing with China. I think that's a huge game changer. This, the second thing is, as I hear a lot of people say, what can we do to force people not to do business in China? And what I want to do is turn that question on its head. Why, why can't people do business here? 
let's look at ourselves at the federal, state, and local level, whether it's red tape or taxes or whatever, and say, why, why, why let's take away every obstacle for people who want to do business in the United States. I think that'll make a huge difference. And the third thing is, is let's be realistic. This notion that we're just going to make everything here, that's not realistic. I mean, we're, we're global country, deal with all kinds of people, but, but we don't have to buy stuff from China. We can buy stuff from our friends and people that actually like us and don't steal our intellectual property and don't try to rip us off. So if you look, for example, if you put together, um, say, India, Vietnam, Bangladesh, Indonesia, Malaysia, those are all countries that like us. Together, they're an industrial base that's every big is inexpensive and every bit is large and capable as China. So we have other options. I just people think people have to get smarter about assuming that China's the only the only game in town because it's really not. Colonel, as far as making things here, I agree with you. But isn't that isn't a major obstacle to companies moving back here is the fact that they can get their slave labor in China and they can't get slave labor here? Well, I think that's where all these pieces come together. I think the more transparency we bring uh, to how Chinese operate, the more companies have to take that into account in their business decisions and their risk management. And I think we're already seeing people doing that. I mean, the answer to your question is, yeah, people are gonna move. We're already seeing some of those supply chains move. Some of them are coming back to the United States. Some of them are going to other places like Mexico. Uh, so I, I think that, that we're already going in that direction because people recognize that it's more than just about how cheap is the thing I buy from China. There are questions about the integrity of my company. There are questions about intellectual property theft. There are questions about espionage. There are questions about cheating, about corruption. These are all things that companies are gonna have to weigh when they decide to do business and dependability. We just recently saw a bail threat from the Chinese government to the people of Australia that says, well, if you guys criticize us, maybe we just won't buy anything Australian anymore. That's unbelievable. We just saw an example of the European Union that was preparing to put out a report on disinformation and the spread of the coronavirus, but because of pressure from the Chinese government in Beijing, they soften the criticisms of China. If Europe keeps doing that, it's gonna wind up being a suburb of Beijing. Are they going to keep doing that? Because look, even if let's let's say let's make a big assumption, and this is a big one, let's assume Donald Trump gets reelected. Let's assume he's going to keep the pressure on China. If all the rest of the world keeps buying cheap Chinese crap, then that's not going to stop China. I, I think we are already starting to see some changes. I'll, I'll give you a, a couple of examples. One is um, the United Kingdom, which recently made a, a really bad decision that they were gonna allow Huawei, the Chinese telecom comfort, uh, company, to build about 30% of their, their 5G backbone. That's their new telecom backbones. Even though a lot of people point out incredible security concerns uh, and vulnerabilities to this, but it was just cheap. I, I think there's a large expectation that, that the British government's gonna change that decision. In, lar in large part because of the Chinese response to, to COVID-19. So that's a that's a big deal. And if the British make that, that's a, a big sign of, of changes in Europe. I think Italy's another example. I think there's a lot of, of anger about doing business with China and Italy. I, I'll tell you, the most interesting thing I saw, which was a French, oh, sorry, can't tell you the country, 
a representative of a country who said to me, he says, look, for years what we've all been doing is individually chasing China around uh, and all trying to get a sweetheart deal with China. And what we found is the Chinese have played all of us. They've played us off against each other. They've used that to, to, to punish us, undermine us, manipulate us, because that's got to stop. And I think if anything, this recent EU report, which was pushed by a handful of countries, which were heavily pressured by the Chinese, I think that's the kind of warning sign that Europeans as a whole are going to start to take really seriously, recognizing that if we don't do something about this, we're, we're just going to we're going to wake up one day and be a suburb of Beijing. Colonel, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. I appreciate you. Hey, thanks for having me. We're not quite done yet. Hang on. We'll be right back. Who doesn't love a good story of somebody working from home and being interrupted by a child or something? Well, I love those kind of stories, but we have a bunch of animal lovers here on the production staff, and I realize that we all have to talk about the furry babies, and we have to do the little voice, ah, little muffles, I love him. And so here is a video not chosen by me. Come here, buddy. You just messed the, come up here for a second. Just come up. Come up here. Come up. Up, 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 up. The maps aren't going to move because he just whacked the, the computer with his head. So let me let me just verbalize the forecast, okay? That wasn't a, that wasn't very smart. We'll have clouds overnight tonight with temps uh, in the 60s. Then tomorrow, mix of clouds and sun, a couple of showers, uh, and temperatures will top off uh, in the uh, probably the, like the mid 80s. And then coming up on uh, Friday and Saturday, partly cloudy, turning more humid, uh, with temperatures again in the in the mid 80s. And, uh, didn't mean to keep you up. Next time, buddy, we're going to eat after this. So that's the forecast. Uh, I will be back uh, at at 4.45 with, oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know, he's, he's, he's jumping up looking for Craig outside the window. Oh, don't oh take boy. this the wrong way, oh Paul, boy. but yeah. this is amazing oh and great. Boy. I love it. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> that, that's We don't need to see that, that forecast map. We'll just look at Brody. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Animal people. Can't live with them. Can't live without them. All right. Do it again tomorrow. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. Now I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money, Bam, give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. 
Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. It's time for you to join half a million people in doing what? Well, doing something cool. Get a Burna Less Lethal Pistol. That's Burna, B-Y-R-N-A. It fires powerful ammunition, tear gas, kinetic ammo, incapacitates an attacker for 30, 40 minutes. Having a less lethal option is crucial. It's legal in all 50 states. No background checks are required. They ship it right to your door. B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Jesse gets you an exclusive 10% discount. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hear fascinating animal stories to explore wildlife across the globe in Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife. Starting March 15th, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.